So it's super interesting because on Hinge, one of my prompts is like, you know, I think it's like, what are you passionate about or something? Uh And I wrote the moon. And so the number one people, the number one thing guys will ask is like, oh, what do you like about the moon? And it's hilarious because I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you about my menstrual cycle. Is that really your go-to, like, response? Um, well, I usually start – Not that I, like, doubt saying, that it is, but – I usually say um, I really like the spirituality of the moon, particularly when it's – particularly because it's connected to women's health. And I work with preg- – like, I give them, like, the explanation. I'm like, I work with pregnant okay. women, so – you know, and usually they're like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. I was going to ask you if you knew, like, any fun facts about the moon. And I'm like, no, I, I'm talking about, like, the mythology and the spirituality. Um, Not, like, the, the circumference. Nature. Yeah. And then, yeah, people will ask, like, oh, can you tell me a fact? <laughs> and I'm like, and you're like, I'm have you ever heard of the red bleeder. moon cycle? <laughs> Welcome to The Fifth Element. A podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. Okay, but if any person on Hinge did know about the Red Moon, like, I wouldn't even be like, I want to talk to you more. I'd be like, who raised you? Can I speak I to your mother, please? Right. I did have I did have one conversation um, when I said that, and someone was like, oh, my gosh. Um, have you read the book Women Who Run With the Wolves? And I was like, Yes. I was like, please, can we go on a date? (laughs) But he like didn't respond after that. I didn't, I didn't ask him out, but I was just like, yes, I loved it. Whatever. Um, so maybe he's listening and you should respond to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, well, so I mean, this is on, on topic because today we are talking about this is like the episode you've been waiting for. I know. This is the one you've been waiting for. Um, yeah, we're talking about hormones. We're talking about cycles. We're talking about the moon. We're talking about bleeding. We're talking mm-hmm. about all your favorite things. And yep. I am just so excited. Yeah, the connections between everything. And um, I've really found so much power in learning more about my cycle and learning more about how connected we are to um, nature and to the seasons as women. And um, I've really flipped a lot of conditioning in my head from um, your cycle being like a burden or being painful or holding you back to really it being like my superpower as a woman. And to be this like cyclical being in this linear world is incredible. Wow. Um, I love that line. Yeah. So I just, 
I want to give the context of like, that's where I'm coming from in a lens that I now just see all of the power and the beauty that has like systematically been removed and been conditioned away from us so that we're, we've come to view um, our own bodies and our wombs and our cycles as burdensome. And that's on purpose. Like that was done by patriarchy and that is Mm. my belief and like really how I view the world. So, um, you know, obviously don't have to view it like that, but I, um, that's, that's where I'm coming from. And that perspective and journey is new for me. It's not unknown because we're friends, but, um, <laughs> but says so- everyone who's ever spoken to me. <laughs> I'm like, how's your period? <laughs> um, no, but seriously. And that's why I'm excited for this conversation because um, it is, I still find myself uncomfortable with the conscious undoing of those thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like saying period is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know where you want to start with this of like, where did this begin? Where in life does this begin for girls or, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what you just said is a really great entry point because the moment we get our period as women is an initiation, whether or not it was recognized, celebrated, shamed, validated, dismissed, whatever your experience was, was an initiation of um, this new relationship with your body. And so to no fault of anybody's, um, lots of our initiations were, you know, okay, don't tell anyone, like, here, take, take a pad, like, go in the bathroom, you know, get that done, and we don't talk about this, and just let me know when you need more pads. Mm-hmm. And it is this taboo, this dirty, this somehow you feel like you've done something wrong, even though, you know, maybe you, maybe that wasn't your experience. Maybe your mom, like, or your, you know, whoever um, was, you know, celebrated you or just like sat down and told you about what was going on in your body. But then you went to school and um, your like health teacher made a joke or like sixth grade boys or whatever, when you're learning about those, like, you know, videos, um, like the puberty videos and everything. Wait, can Um, I tell you like the most like Please. Triggering thing for me was, did you have that American Girl doll book? I did, The Care and Keeping of You. Oh, yep. That Uh was the one. I shouldn't, like, scoff because it was probably really helpful and the only thing that was actually educational to me at that time. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, because it just, like, wasn't something that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... And that, once again, is on purpose because for me, as listeners probably already know, this journey started for me working with pregnant women and attending births and just really, um, really getting an up close and personal view of like women's power in those areas and how 
beautiful and spiritual and incredibly miraculous giving birth is. Like, I have probably said this before, but you literally grow a human in your womb and you birth it out into the world. And you then do it, that as it a woman. comes to life and goes forth and lives a life. Like, we've normalized this so much, and it's incredibly miraculous. Um, so my experiences with birth, unfortunately, were women being stripped of their power in these areas, women being, um, you know, shamed and spoken down to and you know, at the very worst, abused and neglected. Um, and it was just a huge cognitive dissonance for me. And I was like, when, when does this start where women, women are somehow conditioned along the way to accept this kind of treatment? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if you were told when you were 13 years old and you got your period, if you were celebrated, you had all your cousins and your sisters and your aunts and your grandmother and you had like a ceremony where you were celebrated as a woman and you were exalted for what your body can do there is no way that you would go to have your baby in a hospital and have the doctor say to you um oh you have a lazy uterus you're not progressing enough you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put you on xyz we're gonna have to do this there's no way you would say my body is perfect the way that it is. I am perfectly capable. My womb is doing what it needs to do. My uterus is healthy and I got this doc, like step aside. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, let's go back to even when, when this must start happening, which believe me, it's like even way before that, obviously we know like patriarchy starts from, our conditioning from birth. But um, yeah, I think that uh, periods are a pretty big initiation into this world of like your cycle and um, being a woman. And there is, you know, obviously our world is very linear and very masculine, and that is not a bad thing. Um, but it's very focused it's or it's very focused on achievement it's very nine to five focused um it's a linear trajectory um it's like your prime is you know in your 30s and then you just kind of like are downhill from there career-wise whatever mm -hmm. um and when i started diving more into this world of just like celebrating women and just shifting to there's nothing wrong with women's bodies there's nothing wrong with women just the way that they are i realized that so much of that conditioning came from living in this really masculine centered world where the the way that we're told to work out the way that our work day is structured um even just like uh, I heard this once on a podcast talking about like happy hours and how happy hours are set up um, at the time of the day where men have their um, like 
hormone, their testosterone is like at its peak for socializing. Um, Yeah. So, and even so like men, their testosterone is the highest when they wake up. So it's like, we've had this in our head of like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you work out and you get a good breakfast and you go to work. And it's like, that's only for men and women's hormones and women's bodies are set up actually on a totally different system. And it's monthly. It's not, you don't have the same hormone levels day in and day out like men do. Um, And trust me, that's the beautiful masculine thing to be stable and consistent and steady. Like that is um, to provide. Yeah. Those those are traits that everyone can um, recognize and emulate in their own way. But just biologically speaking, women run on a monthly clock rather than a 24 hour clock. It's called the infradian Mm -hmm. rhythm rather than the circadian rhythm. We have both as women. Um, And, you know, who else has this infradian rhythm? Hmm. Our queen herself, the moon. (laughs) So, I mean, (laughs) that's what I tell boys on Hinge. (laughs) 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 No, but I just, I mean, that is my connection to the moon right there because she is in a different phase every single time we see her. And so are we as women. We are different depending on what phase we are in our cycle. And that is amazing. It's not, I'm literally like pointing at the camera, I'm like <laughs> preaching right now. I'm like here for it. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes. because I just remember hearing like, you know, as a teenager, not just from like, you know, from every angle, just, oh my gosh, she's so hormonal and it's just hormones. And you start to think of hormones, you start to equate it with bad, negative, there's something wrong. And hormones hormones are our superpower. Mm -hmm. Like they, if we were living in a matriarchal society, which I'm working on it, we like, you know, women would, wouldn't feel that way about their hormones because you would be able to live in flow with them. So for example, I can talk about the different phases of the cycle, but Um, You know, there's one week, usually the week before you get your period, um, or I should say the week before you get your period. And for most people, it is like, if you've heard, you know, PMS and it's the, it's the, um, the phase in your cycle where your um, hormone levels are the lowest. So you are like you're turned more inward, you need to rest more, Mm -hmm. um, you need less social interaction. And when we're forced to continue operating the same way that we do every day, of course we're going to be irritable. Of course we're going to have pain. Of course we're going to have cramping when our period comes. Of course we're going to have headaches. Of course we're going to be called bitchy and hormonal because we're not allowed to live the way that our bodies need us to. Wow. Yeah. Well, and this was something like new to me that I read was just that, and it like makes perfect sense, but having any sort of pain or like PMS symptoms, like isn't normal. No. And we've normalized it because it's so widespread, but it's only widespread because 
we are trying to conform to a societal model that is not conducive to what we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's common, extremely common, but it's not normal. Period pain is not normal. And I can say I've never had bad hor- bad um, period pain, but I pretty much since I first got my period have had to take like Motrin or ibuprofen the first day for cramping. Mm. Since in the past year, since I've really um, you know, been tracking my cycle, been living more in sync with my cycle, been tracking with the moon. I seriously have a pain-free period. Wow. And it's, I have not done anything differently other than being more emotionally connected and being more intentional about like what I do before I get my period. And this is obviously not possible for everyone. And that's another critique that I'm making of society, not of you. Mm -hmm. If you can't, you know, use a heating pad on the first day of your period, which I have started doing and that like just helps so much. And I barely have any like cramping or pain anymore. Um, yeah, that's not your fault. Trust me. Like that is why I am so passionate about this because I want to create a world where that is, not only acceptable, but you should be given vacation days when you have your period. Like that, mm-hmm. think about that. Like, call it out, Emily. Call it out. Tell tell I people mean, what they need to demand. Think about that, that is a radical thing for people to think about. Like, we don't even have that many days off for maternity leave. You know, right. when you have a literal baby. But yeah. then think about, you know, yeah, you should have flexible hours. You should be able to adapt your project timelines and things to when you're in these more creative and abundant phases of your cycle. Things yeah. like that. Um, but people ain't ready to hear that, are they? No. And, you know, I think that there is so much internalized shame, hatred, and just overall ignorance of, you know, your own cycle as women. Um and that's not on anyone. I mean, I had to very deliberately seek out and immerse myself in this world because it. most people don't even know that there are phases of your cycle that you're going through. They don't know how to optimize them. They don't know how to work out in sync with them. They don't even know that there's only a certain time of the month that you can get pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that we we have been stripped of our knowledge because I have set of lots of reasons, but we don't live in community anymore. We don't surround ourselves with um, other women. We don't have like that type of, um, you know, matriarchal culture anymore. And it, and it used to be like that, an amazing book. Um, if people are interested, I think it's also a movie. Um, it's called the red tent and it, it like talks about, um, it's based off of a story in the Bible. I'm trying to think now it's not like a religious book, but it goes back and it talks about, um, these red tents that women used to gather in when they, when they got their period. And it was no, it was like known as the most spiritual time when like the women would go into the red tents and they would, um, get all these 
like spiritual downloads and come back to the community. And that was like at a time when women were really like exalted and um, celebrated for these things and not just like swept under the rug. And I'm even hesitating now to talk about birth control because people usually take it very like whatever I say as a personal criticism. And like, Mm -hmm. I cannot emphasize enough how much the enemy here for me is Mm. patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. There is not one time where I would ever shame, criticize, or judge a woman for like choices that she has made. I just feel that it's necessary to have people call out, um, these bigger systems that we're all just like at um, what's the word like at the effect of, or just kind of we're in their hands and there are choices that we have to make that we don't even know are not the best choices for us because they're the best ones that are just available or like the best ones that are given. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is just the product of, like, people who are building and developing society, mm-hmm. forcing everyone else to conform to what works for that select group of people, or it's used as, like, a weapon to silence other people so that they can't act in their integrity or in their fullest knowledge or informed consent. Yeah. So... Um, do we want to talk about the cycles and like w- what happens in this cycle? What are these different phases that we go through? Yeah. So there's like lots of different ways that you can um, that you can look at the phases of the cycle. And I'm not like an expert, so I will definitely link people that you know. There are people that will cycle sync exercise plans or cycle sync different foods that you eat. But I mostly focus on the kind of like emotional and energetic components to each part of the cycle. So, um, you know, obviously everyone knows your, or maybe not, but your cycle starts when you get your period. And I will say just for listeners who are on birth control. So all of this is still available, even though when you're on birth control, like you don't have um, a cycle because ovulation is shut off. So you don't, yeah, you're not operating on a cycle. You're more operating on that 24 hour. Um, but is that like you, common knowledge for like people? No. Like, is that something that's mentioned when people are put on no. birth control? Well, a lot of people think that they still get their period when they're on birth control and it's you a don't. false bleed, right? It's a pill bleed, yeah. So when birth control was invented uh, by men, um, they quickly realized that women were not um, apt to take it if they didn't have that visual confirmation that they weren't pregnant every month, which is obviously your period. So they um, essentially... This is, this is just too much. <laughs> Oh, well, I have, I mean. I know there's so much more, but that alone is just like, I mean, come on, people. Come on. I mean, never mind the fact that it was tested on, you know, women in Puerto Rico and Haiti, and in the first couple rounds, they all died. 
Dr. Jolene Brighton just did an amazing post on this because um, she actually wrote a book called Beyond the Pill. We and love she, her. Yeah, she really like, she talks a lot about how to you, like optimize your health when you're on the pill and, you know, how to transition off or like what to do, um, all these situations. But she just wrote a really um, in-depth Instagram post on like, hey, I am your advocate for when you're on the pill. I'm your advocate for all different sorts of birth control, but I just need to um, expose some things. And I loved it because that's exactly how I feel. It's like, I will fight for for you to utilize your choices and have free and opportune access to whatever choices you want to make. But I also will fight for you to know where and why this came about and what other options you have because no one else is telling you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. So you're, oh, what I was going to say with, um, you know, if you, it, it, this is just another reason why I love the moon too, because even if you're on birth control, you can sync with the moon and like you have a visual right there of phases um, that you can follow, even though you yourself might not be in the phases every month. Mm. Um, so you can still like connect in that way, which is really great. Um, okay. But your yeah. So your cycle begins when you get your period and, you know, <laughs> should I just like explain everything? Like what your period is? I, mean, I will yeah, say you should. Yeah. So I, I took, um, two years ago now I took a fertility awareness method course. So definitely don't take any of this, um, as expert opinion. If you want to, um, learn how to like track your fertility, I would definitely recommend taking, um, a class with a fertility awareness method instructor, um, which has had to exist because in the past it would just be common knowledge, but <clears throat> patriarchy. Um, okay. But okay. So you get your period and that, you know, your uterine lining is shedding because it does not have to build a womb home space for a baby. So you're not pregnant. Um, and so when you get your period, uh, the two main hormone players, estrogen and progesterone are at their lowest. So Usually the first day of your period, you'll be like knocked out, um, just feeling really depleted, really tired. And that is normal because your hormone levels were getting ready. Like they were at their peak. They were getting ready to sustain and have a baby. But um, when no egg has been implanted, then they drop um, very rapidly. And so, um, yeah, your period will typically last from like three to seven days. Um, I won't get into like hormone imbalances, but I will say if it's anything outside of that, if you get your period, you know, I've heard crazy stories of people having their period for like months at a time and doctors just being like, well, I don't know. Well, (laughs) no, like I know people who would have their period for like a month or two months straight and then not have it for three months and then doctors were just like you're infertile right yeah and i just want to interject here that's not an answer (laughs) right like this is why i'm so passionate about this because if we recognize the importance of 
our cycles, not just, you know, and people also twist this to mean like, I think everyone needs to have babies. No, I'm saying like, as a woman, this is built into your body. And so there is like, just such a disconnect between the medical system and what they know about women's bodies, where they, they, something like that, like you have your period for three months, which is a major hormone imbalance. And if we think back mm-hmm. to what I was saying about the infradium rhythm, if your homo- hormones are dictating where you are at every day in your life, like then that clock, there's something really off. That would be the equivalent to like a man who was like, the way I just said man, <laughs> a man. <laughs> that would be the equivalent to a guy being like, I haven't been able to sleep for a month straight. Like I have been awake for one month straight. I mean, he would be in clinical trials. He would be, um, you know, have all these resources at hand. He would be being tested for this, this, and that. But since it's, you know, it's just, oh, you're just, you just have your period for a month straight. Then mm-hmm. it's just, you're swept bleeding under the actively. Right. Or like, Um, you know, my heart breaks at the stories that I've heard of uh, people or women like 11, 12, 13, getting their period and having debilitating pain, whether it's Mm -hmm. headaches, cramping, nausea. And instead of, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Like something is off. Like that's not the way that it's supposed to be. No, no one knows that. So they just say, oh yeah, that happens here. Go on the pill, shut off your cycle and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, once again, not critiquing the individual actions because of course you are going to do that because we have lost the wisdom over the years of you know, women's bodies and women's cycles. Um, but yeah. So, well, and like recently I've been doing testing for hormone imbalances or like just trying to identify things and it's rigorous. It's not painful or anything, but it is so time consuming. You have to be, you have to do test pre-testing if your cycle is already not, um, like, normal in length or you don't know what the different you know you have to time everything correctly you have to do it several times and it's like very rigorous and intense and like yeah you're not going to tell a 13 14 year old to do that and yeah. you know you have to go to certain kinds of doctors and specialists in addition to like whatever regular doctor you're seeing just to be able to do this or you have to request the testing yourself but you know that information isn't out there and mm-hmm. so it is just it's so involved and so like much more difficult than it needs to be like this yes. could be so much simpler and you could avoid having to be you know a victim of the pill or dependent on it for years and years and your entire life until you're like ready to have kids yeah and this you know all of these hormone imbalances didn't used to be common like this is the direct result of so many changes that are not conducive to women in our society. It's the products, it's the lifestyle, it's the toxins, it's um, everything. It's medication, Mm -hmm. it's emotion. So yeah, it's not like I'm sure these things existed back in the day, but it's definitely way more prevalent now than ever before. Um, It's just crazy that doctors like 
are so behind on women's health. Right. That they're just like, oh, yeah, that's how it, that's how it is. Have this medication. It's not. So then, so of course you internalize being a woman sucks. Being a woman uh-huh. is hard, is traumatic, is painful. So of course, when the most traumatic and painful experience of your life thus far is having a baby, then you just accept that as the norm and the plight of being a woman. Like this is the lie that we are fed that being a woman is pain. And it's like being a woman is power Mm -hmm. and it's just being taken from you left and right the way that your ovaries are being taken from you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and this is such a challenging thing to (laughs) men because, and I remember, was it your first, um, if you're not following Emily's uh, birth business on Instagram, shameless plug, go follow Leo Rising Birth Keeping. But one of your first first posts was birth belongs to women and like the outrage from men, Mm -hmm. right? Weren't you, weren't they in the DMs being like? They were. (laughs) Yeah. Because once women know their power, which lies in their womanhood and their cycles and their I'm capacity just like, to birth. I'm just like, can't women have one thing? Can't <laughs> we just have one thing? Like, can't we just own that we facilitate procreation of the human race? Just one thing, just a small thing. And no, we can't because there has to be gloved male hands everywhere. <laughs> Okay, so back to the everyone's, cycle. Everyone's getting an insight of what it's like to hang out with you. <laughs> so back to yes. when my mom one time okay. was like, don't you and Emily ever talk about anything fun? And I'm like, <laughs> what's more fun than talking what's about our, men- our menstruation and traumas? Right. Ew, just the word menstruation. Why does it have to start with men? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a combination of men and frustration. Bye. <laughs> Probably. Um, okay, so you get your period. And then, so then your cycle kind of starts up again, um, where, you know, obviously throughout your cycle, your body is um, creating an egg. Uh, and then your egg is released. And if it is not fertilized, then your uterine lining sheds and and you get your period. And if it is fertilized, then you are pregnant. Um, so that being said, like, you know, if we just think logically, which I don't know, this wasn't taught to me, maybe other people out there had people with brains teaching them about sex ed, but you can't get pregnant if you haven't released your egg yet. Okay. So the time up until the time when you get your period until you ovulate um plus or minus a few days because we take into account um cervical fluid which we'll get to but you cannot get pregnant so at least what i was taught is like you can get pregnant anytime anywhere (laughs) like you're always fertile and that is not true at all and i'm just wondering like it'd be interesting to to see if anyone's like learning this for the first time as they're listening um but yeah like you can't get pregnant at any time um but i understand why they do that because we don't teach women and girls to track their fertility so 
you know, God forbid we teach them how to learn about their own body. No, we'll just scare them into saying that you could get pregnant at any time. So we're also conditioning fear around pregnancy and birth from, yeah, the minute you get your period. Well, and putting then all of that on women as like the only Uh person involved in baby making. Right. Men are fertile 24-7. Yes. Allegedly. Women are not. (laughs) Right. Well, and Uh, when couples like are struggling to have children, it's always like, okay, the woman needs to track her cycle, like blah, blah, blah. Like the last resort, if at all, is male fertility. Yeah. And I I think I need to bring this in because I just, I I can just hear... (laughs) I hear everyone's voices in my head as I'm saying all this stuff, but I've heard it all before, so it's fine. But I'm aware how much of a privilege, and once again, this is about patriarchy, of a privilege it is to be able to like be in a healthy sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know why a lot of people not only go on birth control themselves, but want their daughters to be on birth control and like, want that for them because um there are so many unhealthy relationship dynamics and so many so much sexual you know confusion and just like disempowerment that goes on and so when i was living with um pregnant women for a year in a homeless shelter you know these women were largely um, single or coming from abusive relationships or had never you know been in a relationship where they felt very in control and in power and in their body in order to make those choices. Like I, we did a, um, we did a, like a community night where we had a fertility awareness instructor come in and, you know, I like made sure beforehand that, you know, she knew her audience and everything and like, and like who, you know, who these women were and what they've been through. And she's like, you know, she was on board with anything and everything. And by the end of that presentation, like all of the women were just in tears and in awe of their body. Like instead of being like, you know, this is what you should do. And like, this is, this is what you should have done or whatever. It was like, wow, my baby was meant to be here because Mm -hmm. this, there is so much power and wisdom in my body. And there is a future or like there is another reality that can exist where I can be in control of my body and I can be in control of my fertility and I can be in control of like my sexual relationships. Just knowing that that exists, that is why like I think there needs to be people who are as like outspoken or radical as me that, you know, will push for this because there it's not saying that this needs to be what everyone should do. It's just like, there's another reality that we can work towards. And that is a lot more um, powerful for women to be involved in. Um, Wow. And those are women who were either pregnant at the time or already had kids and like went through birth. Yes. And to just be learning that at that point. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, they, all of them were like, wait, so there was just, you know, a five to seven day window that I could get pregnant and I had this baby. And like, that was so 
powerful for them Mm -hmm. to hear because they were like, okay, like this baby's meant to be here. And you know, that also, I'm not saying that everyone gets pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, just had to say that. So, okay. Where was I? Um, okay. So your menstrual phase, um, this is obviously a time of arrest, although it's not. Wait, is this is this is the menstrual phase and not just the bleeding part? It is the bleeding part. Yeah. Wait. Oh, okay. I'm still okay. on the bleeding. Just like um, when you get your period. Um, I guess sharing like what I do or like energetically, it's a time of rest. It's a time where you might probably will not want to be socializing. If you can lie down or sit down, often. Um, that's good. No heavy workout. Um, usually it feels good to like move and, you know, like walk, run, stretch yoga, but typically not like really like high impact, high intensity workouts. Um, drinking a lot of water and yeah, just like resting. And a lot of people, um, believe myself included that as you are, bleeding and like shedding your uterine lining, you're like releasing emotion from the previous cycle. So you can also be aware of like what emotions are coming up as you're bleeding. And like, sometimes you're releasing anger that you've been holding onto your whole cycle or like sadness, or you're like, you're letting something go. And maybe those, those bleeds are more painful, um, depending on like what happened in this past month. So you can also well, like start connecting to your emotions. With- okay. And not to get too woo woo. Um, cause I know some people aren't into that, but it's kind of our brand. Um, but if you think about like the womb is, is the holding space, it's the home for a literal life. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it is the place of like, yeah, nurture and holding space for things that are valuable or important or significant in our lives. So it makes sense that that would be the part of your body that is holding on to traumas or emotions or things that you're experiencing. But also because your body intuitively knows like that's also a part of you that is going to be expelled eventually or, you know, taken out of your body. But if you're not bleeding or if you're bleeding too much or you know whatever for whatever reasons like then you're either holding on to those things or you're never having time and space to feel them in any like way that is helping you process them Mm -hmm. so any disruption of the cycle is disrupting that healing capability that pattern that cycle of processing Mm -hmm. wow and your womb can feel when you like hate it So yeah, if you've been, if you've been, you know, shamed your whole life and you've had hormone issues and painful periods and no one can figure it out and you just hate your cycle and you hate your body, like that's an endless spiral of just like pain. And I believe, you know, some people will probably think that painful periods have absolutely nothing to do with emotions, but all I've as I mentioned earlier, like I've seen a huge shift just from immersing myself in this like kind of community and people who really like celebrate the womb and like I've felt more connected and I've also felt way less pain. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And oh man. Okay. 
well yeah. i'm just thinking how like the moon rules the sign of cancer which is home and family and then like the moon is very associated with those things and then like the moon you know is so closely connected to your womb and cycles and so how it is literally your home space in your body and it's yeah. like you don't trash your home or your right. bedroom you want it to be a place that you want to come to mm-hmm. and be a part of wow ah. mm-hmm. so much i mean and then if we look at the birth chart the the fourth house the house of home and family is the lowest point of the chart the most hidden the most the highest point of the chart is career and outward life so women are like hidden away and men are like exalted well, even in the birth chart yeah because 10th house that is saturn stuff Mm -hmm. of and that is like the masculine energy of the zodiac wow Wow. okay oh this is so much okay i love Mm -hmm. it so okay so then as you move you know as you stop bleeding um your body begins to start the process of um like building up an egg so it's called the follicular phase so um, the, fel- the follicular phase starts with the follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH. So that's another like big player. We got estrogen, um, progesterone, FSH. And what birth control does is stop your brain from talking to your womb. So they stop the um, communication of like, Hey, produce this hormone, and then like your womb will produce that hormone. So, um, so just this like, is hold on, because I like I'm, I really know nothing about birth control. So like this is not only disrupting your you know everything going on related to like your periods and things, but it's directly affecting your brain as well. Oh yeah, like, I mean you the hormones like your pituitary gland is in right. your brain. Yeah, I mean if you've if you've I'm sure there are people listening that as they started birth control have debilitating mental health side effects that in my opinion- trying to get off of it. Right. In my opinion, are not side effects. They are like direct outcomes because of how common it is. Um, But yeah, of course, like, of course that, of course this is going to affect- every area of your life, including your brain, because it's stopping the signals um, that your body is trying to mm-hmm. uh, relay. Like the fact that post-birth control syndrome is mm-hmm. like a medically diagnosable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild. Okay. So you're, okay, wait, this, uh, is this like follicles? Like, does this relate to hair? Um, no. Does so the sage stuff? I don't think so, but the follicles are like sacs that contain like an immature egg. So they're just stimulating like this follicle that eventually grows into an egg. Um, And so, you know, only one egg, maybe two, like on rare occasions will um, like mature to be released. But Mm -hmm you actually, this hormone actually stimulates your ovaries to produce like five to 20 immature eggs and then like one will emerge. Um, So this is happening during the follicular phase. Um, And this is 
this lasts anywhere between like, I think it's like 10 and like 25 days. It can last pretty long um, because it's the amount of time before, after your period and before your egg is released. So um, as your body is building up this follicle, um, estrogen is rising because that estrogen thickens your uterus. So it's like creating, it's not only like creating an egg, but it's it's shifting your uterus to create space for this egg to like eventually live. Mm, and it's so like putting in the insulation. We're building yes, the house. Love that. Okay. Yep. 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 So it's building the house. So this is a great time emotionally to plan things and to prepare things. So if you work a job where you have like admin stuff that you don't have to do day to day, but you can do it like once a month, this is a great phase to do it in because emotionally um, you are like, you're making lists, you're prepping, you're, um, you're like thinking of, of new things. You're like starting things, you're brainstorming. This is, can be a really creative time. Um, it's kind of like you come back to life from your period, which is a very like inward restful time, but follicular phase, you're like getting ready to go back out into the world. Your energy starts to pick up. Um, and just as your body is preparing, you also have this like sort of preparedness energy about you. Um, so, um, then we move on to the ovulatory phase, which isn't really a phase because it's only lasts around 24 hours. So this is where we get into like the fertile window because as you near ovulation, um, so ovulation is when your ovary releases that mature egg that it was building. Um, so as you near ovulation, um, estrogen is rising and you start to release a hormone called the luteinizing hormone, mm -hmm. LH. LH. Yes. Um, so there are several, there are several indicators of being fertile. So before your egg releases, you start to produce, um, cervical fluid, which is essentially like a thicker discharge and that <laughs> is this the mucus so called yes this is the mu I, I i like to use the word fluid okay. because we all know i mean i don't i don't even know this but i can just assume that cervical mucus was a term made up by a man because <laughs> why would you why would you describe the fluid that is a vessel for carrying sperm like sperm don't just get there like you have to <laughs> produce the vessel for allowing the sperm to reach the egg so of course men are like well that's just mucus because that sperm can get in anywhere no 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 <laughs> like the, the the fluid needs to be present um so <laughs> when you start seeing this um discharge or this which is another term that i don't like to use once you start use seeing this fluid this fertile fluid um you can, you should consider that a fertile day because um, sperm, sperm can live for like, um, I'm pretty sure up to three days, I want to say. Sperm can like linger. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's say like. Yeah, that's so creepy to think about. Right. Imagine I like mean, some it's, like. It's like on brand. creepy guy just like lurking <laughs> around the corner like. It's like literally on brand. <laughs> Yeah. 
um, yeah, they can learn, they can survive even like when you haven't um, released your egg yet. So like, let's say that you are fertile three days before your egg releases. Like when that egg releases, there could be a sperm that's lurking around and could fertilize that egg. So um, you are fertile a little bit before you release the egg. Obviously, then there is a, um, a time when your egg is released, which is ovulation. And then that egg will travel down to the uterus. And if it's not fertilized, um, like you are not pregnant. And if it is fertilized, you are pregnant. So um, ovulation does not happen like the same. And this is why it's very worthwhile to like track your cycle because your body will delay ovulation if you're under stress too. So it's not going to be the same day every month. Like a lot of apps will just be like, oh, today you're ovulating. And that's not true. You're ovulating Mm -hmm. when your temperature rises. Like there's steps to tracking your fertility. One of them is taking your basal body temperature, which is your body temperature upon waking. Um, And it will rise when you ovulate because your body temperature rises to like start to create space for a baby. Oh Um, man, cooking up those eggs. mm -hmm. And then you'll see the presence of um, fluid and so, and then you also can do LH testing, which is that luteinizing hormone that will confirm mm-hmm. that um, ovulation is like within 24 to 48 hours. Um, so during ovulatory phase, like it's really, it's all biologically wired in us. Like we feel the most social. We usually feel the most peak energy. This is usually when like, you know, women are primed to like have a higher sex drive because we are primed to like keep procreation going. So, um, this is like, yeah, the highest energy, the highest like socialization. Um, this is really a time to be like open to the world and like be socializing and, um, you can be very like talkative and like glowy. Um, usually, women like literally look different when they're ovulating. Um, like their like face will be more flushed and they'll be more like glowy and yeah, that only lasts for like 48 hours, but take it in. (laughs) Um, because then you're going to the luteal phase. So should I be scared? (laughs) No, but, um, so after the, so uh, I won't, I don't have to get into that, but okay. So then, um, after the egg is released, um, your, the egg is a corpus luteum. So that's where we get the term corporal, uh, the term luteal phase and corpus luteum. I'm trying to think it probably means like body of something. Mm -hmm. Corpus means body and Yeah, I don't remember. Um, But so then the corpus luteum will release hormones as well um, because they are getting ready for the egg to implant. If the egg does not implant, then the corpus luteum will basically like get reabsorbed into your body. um, And so your hormones will drop and your uterine lining will shed. Um, If it does implant, then that. those hormones will stay 
at high levels and your temperature will also remain raised. So it's really interesting if you're like tracking your cycle and you're trying to get pregnant, like women will usually know before they have any other symptoms because they'll see that their temperature never drops back down. They'll see that it stayed at the same height as it was when they were ovulating. So that means that like their body has um, implanted the egg. Um, so during your luteal phase when, um, so this is before your period, your period. So this is the time that's like known as like PMS, but it really is a time to go inward and you can be very productive during this time. The luteal phase is a time for like working and like finishing projects. You can be very focused. Um, you're not really uh, wanting to be like as social during your fill as during your follicular or ovulatory ovulatory phase. Um, and so this, like we touched on earlier is why, um, women can like get shamed for like PMS symptoms because, um, your body's doing a lot. It's trying to determine whether or not you're pregnant. It's trying to determine whether or not it needs to get ready for a baby to be in there. Um, and so you're, you know, your emotions are reflecting that there's a lot going on. And so, um, the luteal phase is a good time to, um, finish up any projects or just like any, um, any long-term things that you couldn't focus on during your follicular or ovulatory phase. This is a good time where you can kind of like crank that stuff out. Um, and then we're back to the beginning and everyone's cycle length is going to be different. Like I said, um, your body is really smart. And if you are in highly stressful situations, it will delay ovulation so that you don't get pregnant. Like it will, I mean, don't use that as like birth control or like fertility awareness method, but, um, (laughs) yeah, there's, uh, there's many factors that can, um, impede you from, getting pregnant if you want to be and one of them is stress because your body's like you're not ready to like have a baby right now wow so it's so smart and it's so powerful so in talking about like aligning this with the moon mm-hmm. most is it most women are aligned with the new moon as the beginning of their cycle or like is that something that was the case and is now lost? Like, what is yeah. what does it that w- look like? It was the case that women used to ovulate with the full moon and bleed with the new moon because um, the light of the full moon um, stimulated LH. Okay. And so now that we are not living under natural light of the moon. Um, and we have like so much artificial light and we've really, we don't live in accordance with like dusk and dawn and the natural lighting. Um, we don't, we don't really operate like that anymore, but if you are seeing a more holistic practitioner, if you're like trying to get pregnant, they will have you sync your lighting up with, um, like your ovulatory phase because like light is one of the things that can stimulate that um, LH. 
So yeah, it used to be that um, women would ovulate around the full moon and bleed with the new moon. And then we mentioned this on our first podcast episode, I think, but there were women that would do the opposite. And those women were usually um, women that were using their more creative, like sexual energies, like healing energies for um, outward focused Mm -hmm. rather than inward. So they weren't like necessarily focusing on maybe starting a family. They were more of the healers of the community. And this also shifts during your life as well. So mine has shifted like twice in the past year and it's been very um, timely with like what I'm working on in my life, whether um, I'm in like a real position of service and I'm really like outwardly focused or I'm like more inward. And then my cycle, like it's crazy. Just like syncs up with one or the other. Wow. And that's the Redmond cycle that we alluded to at the beginning. And even like no matter what you're synced with the moon, because if you get your period, um, on like the waning gibbous, you're most likely going to ovulate around the waxing gibbous. So you're always synced up with the moon um, because she's always in phases and so are you. Wow. Like amazing. So if you're ever just like going through it and you're like, I don't know how I'll I'll manage, just like look up at the sky and there she is guiding the way. For real. For real. She has been there since the beginning of time. Like what? Uh, waiting for you to connect with her. Waiting for you to infuse her power into your womb. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so, um, like, where should people go if they are, you know, curious, if they're struggling? Like, I feel like hormone imbalances are so common. I know, they're so common. So many people have period pain and just all of it like what where do people go okay well where do people go is different than i think where should where might someone begin okay yeah yeah yeah. let's start there in the in the name of cycles let's start at the beginning i mean as maria von trapp says a very good place to start (laughs) um connecting with your womb which probably sounds crazy But, you know, probably just this conversation alone is the most people may have thought about their womb or their cycle or um, their uterus in a long time. So maybe journaling about what your experience was like when you first got your period or, um, You know, just like resting your hand on your womb when you're like doing a meditation or um, if you're into like energies in the body or chakra work, the sacral chakra, right, mm -hmm. is the one connected to the womb. Sacral chakra, yep. Um, So I do think the emotional connection um, needs to be there first because, you know, you might as well try that because if that can heal so much. And I mean, it's not just that it's like, then, you know, 
the unconscious programming of your body and, you know, little things that I've done just like, um, not like shaving for the like comfort of other people or just like little things that I've done to reclaim my like body and my femininity as I see it, um, has just all been connected to that. Um, but gosh, it's, it's such, there's so many ways to start because it's Mm -hmm. like, can, it's so, it's so like integral to our being. Um, but well, so maybe, okay, let's, let's break it down. So evaluate or, um, you know, even I feel like what you're talking about is like, remember. So like, think Mm -hmm. back to when this journey started Mm -hmm. for you and like, evaluate discern what your relationship yeah your body as a woman is like and what do you want it to be like do you want to be a woman who um when she has or when you have daughters like how do you want to pass this on to your daughters and like um yeah what what kind of woman do you want to be are there are there people are there women that you know or that you follow like on social media that you really admire the way that they like talk about their body or their cycle um and just like I mean I really like envisioned for a long time like the women that I the woman that I wanted to be before I like started doing all this stuff because Mm -hmm. I needed to know what I was working towards um and then I was like okay well the women that I want to be like um what are they, how are they like connecting with their bodies and what are they doing? And is that something that I want to do as well? Or if it's, it's still too uncomfortable uh, to like think about yourself at the forefront of that narrative, maybe start with what kind of pregnancy do I want to have? What kind of birth do I want to have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be helpful because as women, you know, we're supless and giving and thinking about others before ourselves. So like think about like, yeah, like what kind of way do I want my child to enter the world? Yeah. Yeah. So connecting with your womb. Also, one thing that's really helped me is free bleeding. (laughs) Time to get really radical up in here. Okay, wait. The only reason I even know what this is is because I remember I like read an article like a while ago about this marathon runner who was, like, so radical because she free-bled through, like, the whole marathon. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean. I mean, <laughs> essentially, um, you're just freely bleeding. <laughs> okay, so you can wear, um, like, period underwear, which is what I do. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My <laughs> name is Emily. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's great. And I actually don't have, like, shame in talking about it, but it's just, like, awkward knowing who listens to this. But, um, yeah, it is so different than, like, just, like, energetically speaking to, like, release rather than block something, you know, mm. and, like, having something blocked and like absorbed 
something, you know, it just reinforces the fact that you, you need to block this. You need to hide this. You need to stuff this up. You need to pretend this is not happening. Wow. And it's Literally, like, especially after everything we just talked about, about like bleeding being the release of all that stuff that you've yeah. pent up. Wow. And so it's not like I feel, you know, it's not like I'm sitting in a pool of blood, but you're definitely like, aware and you yeah you just like go to the bathroom more often and you're just like I don't know it feels so different I didn't think that it would feel that different but it I feel so much more in touch and I don't feel like I'm trying to make my body like resist anything or you know I just really feel like the flow um Yeah. And I mean, I've never had problems with like leaking or anything and I've had problems with leaking with other products. So not sponsored. I'd recommend. Yeah. I'd recommend. I can like link the type that I use. Um, yeah. So that's been a huge difference. Um, I mean, I track my fertility and that's been a huge difference, um, of like getting in touch with my body and improving just overall my relationship with my womb. Um, But I think a place that everyone could start if they aren't having any hormone issues and they just want to like get into this is um, books that will link and people that you can follow, um, including my birth page, because I do talk about this a lot. And I think by now, by the time this episode is released, I will have a free offering called Your Womb in the Moon. What? And it's going to be a little PDF about how you can – and now I'm going to have – you know, I'm going to have to do it because I'm saying this. And I've been putting it off, but, like, it's in – yeah, it's been, like, what I've been trying to create. But there's just so much info, obviously, that I don't know how to make it into a little one-page PDF, but it's going to happen, and you can download it and get connected. Oh my gosh. Need? To your womb in the moon. Wow. And I'm on this hormone balancing journey myself. Yes. Your friends. So if you want to connect on that, let me know. Um, I've done some very proactive things while I await test results, etc. Um, just to kind of get my life back in check. So I'm not an expert, but I will be happy to share my journey with you. Yeah, like we're not experts, but we are experts on our own bodies. So true. Amazing. There's so much stuff. All right. So I hope, I just hope that this message was received with the intention that it was put out there with just the power that you inherently possess does not mean that you're not powerful or less powerful because you don't have a cycle. Um, I am just merely critiquing the powers that be that have told us that, you know, the thing that gives us power is like dirty or shameful or a burden. So you are powerful just because you exist. Um, and also there is a lot of power in your womb. Facts. Um, if you're of the male species and still listening. Cool. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, cool. And you know what? Like, 
I dream of a world where men also know this. Uh-huh. And I mean, if you can imagine what a first date looks like with me, this is like <laughs> most likely discussed. But imagine She's single boys. <laughs> true. Imagine a world where like when a woman's on her period, like the men are taking up the, you know, all of the tasks and everything that needs to be done so the woman can rejuvenate and, you know, be exalted in that period of, period, in that time of her cycle. So men have to know this too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Like, even if I have all boys, all sons, like, they will be just as <laughs> knowledgeable as if they were women (laughs) wow yeah tackle your sons first and then we'll move on to your employers people um true yeah and then your doctors (laughs) right all righty well emily thank you for this wealth of knowledge that you um bring to every episode but um, this one in particular like um i'm motivated Yay. I, I don't know what phase of my cycle I'm in right now to know if that's Wait, really? why. But Well, I don't know it, off the top of my head. I'd have to Okay, but you're it. a new moon bleeder, usually. Uh, like, ish. Yeah. We're not so you're, quite there. So you're probably... Oh, full moon. Yeah. Okay. You're probably, you've probably just ovulated um, a couple days ago or are about to. Yeah, now that I think about it, signs and symptoms would confirm. Okay, so you're entering your luteal phase, so you're about to go inward. You need to go inward. And wow, literally, up. I'm about to move and, like, be alone. Good. Love that for me. Um, okay, great. Well, you know, all this and more you could know if you start tracking your cycle. Yes. Or if I can say even, like, before that for me, just, like, keeping track of how long my cycle has been super eye-opening to know, like, because mine's inconsistent. So, like, if you have, you know, a cycle that is longer than the average or super short for some reason, then to mm-hmm. be able to, like, that's another point of reflection. But anyways, um, that's just me. So, lots of places to start, lots of entry points. Either way, you're already living this life. You're already a fantastic woman. And, um, yep, just look at the moon. That too. Wow. And we're recording this on a full moon. Goals. Goals. All right. Go forth and track your cycle. Go forth and ovulate.